0: Hello and welcome to the Stray Jet Podcast. I'm Matt Stradley, ESPN Plus play-by-play announcer. And former. when I'm working with former NCAA standout Harlem Globetrotter, that's John the Jet Williams. We're going to discuss the inner workings of college basketball across the Southeast. And we're going to offer deep insight into the basketball player's mind and the stories behind the scores in mid-major basketball. Thank you for joining us. Episode uh, three or four of the podcast. It depends on who you asked uh, in the middle of a spirited debate. Uh, yet another overtime game in the NFL. Yeah, we're at a southeast podcast that talks mostly about basketball. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has sown some division amongst our ranks. The Cincinnati Bengals winning the match in overtime. And John, I don't think there's anybody happier in the world than John, besides maybe producer Allen and myself. Uh, listening to how happy John is.
1: Yeah, listen, there's no division, right? Like we're all on the same page. Like based on what I brought
0: to the table, which I'm, which is I, it, it all, it all checks out, correct? Yeah, no, you're right. So you don't, what's your, you don't have a problem with Patrick Mahomes?
1: I got no problem with Patrick Mahomes. I just, I really don't have anything for his brother and uh, the antics. I got nothing for
0: it. So it's it. it's just the satellite, the, the whole experience that Patrick Mahomes brings that you're just not with. No. You said Patrick Mahomes? Yeah. I love everything, everything Patrick Mahomes brings to
1: the table, but...
0: Um, he brings his brother to the table, though. You know, keep your kid brother at home. Right, and he doesn't. So that's part it of the experience. What,
1: I love everything about Patrick Mahomes that's done on the football field. Um, Like, and here's my thing, too. I, I talk about you know, every time I step on the floor, every time I step out on a court, you, you got your family name on your back. Right. And that doesn't just go for the main athlete that goes for the the family members. You want to rep your family re- well. Right. And if you're the, you know, the weird brother who's out here, um, you know, moonwalking barefooted on grass and stuff. I mean, you look you 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 make the family name look weird.
0: I don't think that's arguable. I mean, that he's I, that's doing- all I'm
1: saying. Like I, I got, I got nothing against Patrick. I, I like him. I like what he does. But you know, uh, Jackson, you know, he's out here searching for clout off of his brother's coattails, and I just, I can never get down with that. You know, support your brother, enjoy your brother, uh, rep him. But you trying to, you trying to get, gain clout off of you know, dancing and you're not even good at that. You're just getting looks because, you know, your brother, that's trash, man. There's some real dancers out there that could really use that those likes, use those views, use that attention, you know, to to make it. And here's my thing too. I don't know who's in his who's in Jackson Mahomes' entourage, but whoever it is, they're not being truthful with it. You know, listen, if you tell me, like, hey Jet, like You look mad sus doing that dance. Like you look weird. All right. Right. If I look weird doing something, let me know, man. So I can so I can correct it. But I don't think there's anybody in his party that is telling him or either he's erasing people who are telling him and he doesn't want to hear, which is why, you know, you heard about that disconnect between him and Patrick, because Patrick was like, hey, you can't dance, bro. Right. He's just saying
0: what the rest of us were thinking, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, he probably said you can't dance and that there was a little disconnect there and, you know,
0: for one they became moment, the strange. For them. one shining moment, John yeah. was a Patrick Mahomes fan because he was like, Hey, I get all Patrick Mahomes and, and none of the ancillary things that come with it. And then here we are. Yeah. I, like I said, like him as a football
1: player, I got all the respect in the world. And, you know, like I said, you can't help what your family does, right? right, right. You can't do anything about right. that. And so I wanted the Chiefs to lose simply because I did not want to see any more of Jackson Mahomes doing weird stuff in, in the press booth uh, you know, hunting for likes and and then, like my thing is, is I'm like, bro, you can't dance right. It's like he's counting. He's like one, two, three, four, right leg goes up, squiggly arm. Look. blink a little bit, wink a little <laughs> bit, smile a little bit. Shake my shoulders. The shoulders spin
0: shoulders shake. It's a shit. And he you know you gotta you gotta have the shoulder movement, but it doesn't look right. It just don't look,
1: it don't look right. And we talked about it already. You know, he's a big boy. All right. And there's, there's levels to it. I mean, there's big guys that can dance, but, but he's a big boy and, and his rhythm ain't like that to be
0: doing all right. Right.
1: That's all I'm
0: saying. No. And I hear you. Let me ask you uh, this to bring it back to basketball. I think, and I, and I'm, I don't want to brag, but I think this is a, a good job by me. Um, Does that happen in college basketball where your circle of friends are telling you things that maybe aren't truthful or maybe not telling you the things you need to hear and that's a detriment to you on the basketball court?
1: I've never had that. Like where people have told me something that maybe I want to hear um, that would be a detriment to me on the court. I've never heard, um, you know, somebody say, hey, Jet. You've missed two threes. Keep on shooting. Nah, I missed two threes. Like I need to find another way to impact the game. Like nobody's going to say keep like keep that up. Like and I'm not going to tell somebody else to keep that up if that's the case. You know what I mean? Like um if JP Prim tries to go and dunk cuz JP Prim isn't a dunker, but if he tries to dunk and he misses it and then like I'm going to tell him, "Hey, don't do that again." Right. All right. That's not that's not you, bro. And he knows it. That's never been him. Um, Dickie, Dickie, I mean, I'd be like, dunk it in a heartbeat. But JP, I'd be like, nah, man, you finger roll that. You finger roll that in a heartbeat, sir. And, um, you know, but JP could shoot. He could shoot it. Um, he was a better shooter than I was. So when I was out there, I knew what I did. That wasn't it. And so, um, you know, when I have those conversations uh, with my teammates and they, we we kept it a band. So there was all types of accountability there. And, you know, maybe that's why we won because, you know, we held each other accountable, kept it real. Even the uncomfortable points where, you know, you had to tell somebody they were doing some some iffy stuff or something that was, you know, a little
0: off. So it's beyond a friendship. Friendship, you know, you're you're there to emotionally support the friend. Yeah, With a teammate. You you're responsible for that on the court product. So not only do you, ha- it's a good idea to be a friend. You don't. I guess as a teammate, you don't have to be a friend. You just have to be a teammate. Uh, what's the, what's yeah. the difference in the yeah. dynamic between be- a friend and a teammate? Because I don't think a lot of fans understand that.
1: Well, here's the thing. A, a teammate is a teammate, and a friend is somebody who will, you know, after the ball stops bouncing um they're involved they're there they're um they're with you and uh you know my teammates i'm still i'm friends with them um so even stuff like off the court that that we would you know deal with you know like maybe we're going out or something right and i got on some shoes that that they're like hey bro them shoes don't go with that shirt i need you to tell me that all right so i don't go out there and make a fool of myself you understand um a teammate doesn't care what you do off the court as long as we are you know heading towards that common goal of winning a championship now if what you do off the court impacts um what we could do on the court they're going to definitely say something um but you know there's there's certain teammates that i have that um i i don't talk to all the time there's certain teammates that i do have that i talk to all the time so it just it it varies on on that but there's definitely a fine line between friendship and 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 teammates want jump. Some are both. Some are just one.
0: fair enough. So if we're if we're on the team, we are got to be teammates, but we don't have to be friends.
1: Yeah, oh, man. I've had a bunch of those. I mean, um, there were teammates, you know, that I've had where I've had to figure out a way to 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 work together in order for us to reach that common goal. That's why college sports and sports in general are, are big because just because you like somebody or, or dislike somebody doesn't mean that you have to uh, quit or you have to uh, leave or they have to leave or something like that. No, you just find a way to work with somebody that you don't get along with and you can put that to the side and compartmentalize that little area and be uh, whatever it is you need to be. To be a champion or to to win that game or to reach that goal that everybody's trying to reach. Uh, We may not agree off the court on certain things, but we're going to figure out a way to put this together because we know that that's what we have to do. And so uh, I've had several teammates where, you know, i bumped heads with and we did not get along with and that's fine. Uh, But at the same time, when we put up that trophy together, we hugged. You know, we cried together. We we did. We 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 enjoyed that moment together because it doesn't matter about the other little things. We 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 reached our goal together, and so um, I don't I don't see any issues with it. Now it's obviously a lot better when when you are friends, but when you've got 15 different personalities and egos coming together, you're usually going to have some type of um, some headbutting going on. And that's fine. It's how you work your way through it and figure it out as a unit, and the best teams do that.
0: Want to jump right in. We'll do women's Big South basketball. A&T, three games in five days. Uh, we'll touch on them in a second. Saturday, the 29th, Radford drops to Longwood, 78-51. Asheville down to Winthrop, 75-54. A&T beat Gardner-Webb on Saturday, 90-88. That was a- fantastic game 57 47 high point mm. over presbyterian charleston southern hampton that was a suspended game uh didn't happen uh upstate 81 campbell 62 back to thursday a&t beat radford 88 47 that coming off of the weekend when where uh a&t beat ashville a close game until about the last two minutes and then turn around on the 31st a&t taking on campbell now for their third game in five days, A and T starting to put a little bit of separation at the stand in the standings.
1: Yeah, and A had a very tough non conference schedule where they were losing to some teams that obviously they're supposed to lose to. I mean, they played against South Carolina and, and got beat pretty good, but those types of games get you ready for your conference play, and so they chose that life to be prepared for, you know, a championship environment. And so you're seeing them um, go into several different environments. I mean, where you know they came to Asheville, they beat Asheville on their home court. Um, mm-hmm. Did they was, did they play Rappard at Radford?
0: Um It felt. It, it seems like. it. Give me one second. I'll, I'll I'll find out for you. We'll go on the assumption that they did until I tell you otherwise. Yeah.
1: And then like they played Gardner Webb at Gardner Webb. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know you've got a team that went on the road for a three three game road trip or maybe a three game road trip was, and came out
0: it was at home for Radford away at Gardner Webb and it'll be away at Campbell
1: okay so they were able to yeah so they went 2 out of 3 right so they won two of their away games and understanding in the big south that you know home games are are big because it, it's just tough to beat teams in their in their comfortable place mm-hmm. with the parody that's going on. And so ANT has done a really good job of taking care of 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 them of themselves on the road, but then also taking care of home like against Radford and I, I think Rad, I don't think Radford was ready for that punch in the mouth that ANT came out with at the beginning of the game. I mean they really clocked Radford and Radford could never, you know, recover from that. Um and I think that they were waiting on somebody to step up and nobody ever did. Um, When they played against Gardner-Webb, which is a very similar team to them, long, rangy, athletic, likes to run the floor, Uh, they beat them by doing what they do best. They played a balanced game of getting the ball inside, working it out, knocking down open shots, uh, things of that nature, and then defending in that fourth quarter where uh, Gardner-Webb really struggled uh, to get the ball into the basket. So I thought that... You know, ANT is just finding ways to close. And that doesn't happen unless you put yourself in situations where you, you fail. And they failed in that non conference schedule. But it wasn't a loss unless, you know, unless they, they chose not to make it a lesson. And I think that they did a good job of making sure that that loss was a lesson. And um, they're using that now in the Big South play.
0: They've got they started Big South play 0 and 3, have r- rattled off five straight. Campbell losing their first uh Big South game against USC Upstate, the top of the standings. Uh really four teams have separated themselves. It's Campbell Longwood Upstate A and T. Hampton holding on, trying to with three and two, but I mean they just don't have they're gonna have a really compact end of the season with as many games as they've had canceled.
1: Yes. And and the thing is, is you got to be ready to to play um, that many games. And so I I'm worried about them. And, um, you know, who knows what will happen? But they have the tools and the talent. I just don't know if they'll be able to put it together with all the stuff that they've got going on internally um, with with COVID and and uh, makeup games. But you talked about Upstate uh, beating Campbell. I just want to touch on that a little bit. Uh, That's a big win. And Campbell's been having their way with just about every team they've played in the Big South. And the way upstate beat them, they almost beat them by 20, all right? The way upstate beat them, it just shows how disciplined they are and how locked in they are every single time they step on the floor. Uh, uh, The Chelia Watson girl, she scored 32 points and an efficient clip. Um, She's very difficult to stay in front of. She's one of those players that can – manufacture a basket in a myriad of different ways. She can get all the way to the basket. Uh, She's got a nice little pull-up game. Um, If you leave her open, she'll knock down the three. She gets to the free throw line because of how physical she is on her drive. She hunts physicality. But then they also got the Rachel Rose girl who is a freshman, and she is a problem. And you know what? I I bet every team in the Big South had no idea who Rachel Rose was. And the reason being is because she doesn't pop out of, uh, of a stat sheet. She doesn't pop out as far as the, what she looks like physically. She just doesn't, she doesn't check those boxes that you do when you recruit. you got to really recruit to see the type of kid she is. And it's why she's probably going to be freshman of the year because she does all the little things, the intangibles that that coaches are looking for. She dives on the floor. She gets her teammates involved. She's a selfless player, even though she's their second lead to score. Uh, she, she takes advantage of the opportunities given at the moment that it's given. She's not late. She's early on rotations. Uh, she is a vocal leader as well. I mean, she's, she's that player. She's become one of my favorites in the Big South.
0: The worst shooting quarter for USA Upstate was the third quarter where they shot 53% for the game, 62.5% from the floor, 56 behind the three-point line, 12 of 14 from the free-throw line. Uh, yeah, Shelly Watson, what a game she had, 11 of 19 from the floor, 5 of 7 behind the three-point line, perfect 5 for 5 from the free-throw line, four boards, five assists, three steals. Mm. God, man, that's, that's yeah. everything,
1: isn't it? That's, that's, that's your Big South player of the week, most likely, if they haven't put that out there yet. But that that's it, I mean, and especially in the fashion that – that it was put in where she was needed to make those shots in order to win, I mean, against, you know, the favorite team of the Big South right now to win the whole thing, it's Campbell. You look at some of those mock NCAA tournament uh, postings and Campbell's in there. It, it, sometimes sometimes they're the 15 seed, sometimes they're the 16th seed. And so you, you're looking at it and you're like, wait, wait, let's not uh, get ahead of ourselves just yet because USC Upstate and uh, Becky Burke, they're cooking with gas right now, and uh, you got to make sure that you don't rule them out, especially after how they usurp Campbell.
0: We'll switch over to the men's side. Real quick overview of Saturday's action. Campbell beating high point, 77-72. Longwood taking down Winthrop, 92-88. USC Upstate continues their fine run of form, a 20-point win over AT. and Asheville just narrowly edging out Presbyterian. A three at the buzzer actually made it look closer. It was a four-point game until that three at the buzzer. 61 for Gardner, Webb 42 for Radford, and Hampton taking down Charleston Southern, 78-74. Longwood clearly standing out as the 92-88 win over Winthrop. Um, UNC Asheville can't blow anybody out, but they're not going to get blown out usually. This this is a, a, a team that seems to be in every game.
1: Yeah, the thing is, is that UNC Asheville, with their experience, has to figure out a way to to close games. They're in just about every game they play, but what that does is that leaves a lot to chance with the momentum maybe shifting out of their favor. <clears throat> and they um ha- and I'm I'm glad they're getting these types of games now. I think you and I talked about it now, where they're losing some of the winning time games um, right now, which could prepare them to learn and understand how to win when we get to tournament play. Um, But that was a very big win, uh, getting them one in Clinton, South Carolina. You know, we've already talked about Clinton, South Carolina, and we talk about there's not much going on out there, right? Right. All right. There's not much going on out there except for sports at Presbyterian. And so those fans, listen, those fans are rabid. I don't know if you saw that game but you could definitely hear everything those, those fans were saying and they were, they were pretty legit with their trash talk to UNC Asheville's players and staff. And, um, you know, kudos to them for pulling it out in a hostile environment. I think Presbyterian has one of the most frenzied fan bases in the big South. Uh, they take pride in it, especially when they're, when they're doing fairly well. And, um, UNC Asheville is is blessed to come out of there with a win because that's a tough place to win in.
0: Looking over the <laughs> the Big South on the men's side, a bunch of teams: Campbell, A and T, uh, Winthrop, Upstate, Gardner-Webb, Asheville, all within a game or two of each other. Longwood seven and zero. I didn't pick that. Did you? Um, I did actually. I I saw
1: Longwood coming together. I didn't know it was going to be 7-0, and but I knew they would be really good. Um, but we also talk about the parity, right? Uh, aside from, you know, Charleston Southern, I don't know what can happen. Um, and that's just my honest opinion. Like, uh, Charleston Southern, they are – I think they are at the bottom. Um, but I think the the other teams, I mean, everybody's got a shot. Uh, if High Point – High Point has the talent to win every game. They just don't uh, – there's a disconnect somewhere. But they have the talent. Um, they just got to put it together. But yeah, Longwood was one of those teams that I I said I said was a sleeper uh, on a show that I did where I was just like, yeah, they could come out of out of nowhere and and catch you. And so yeah, I I could see it happening. I definitely could.
0: Let's just take a quick dip through ACC that that happened yesterday and today. UNC after dropping two straight is now one, three straight is all right. Or, or is it the lower competition or are they just playing more confidently at home?
1: Um, your guard play stepped it up and that's, that's what it is. I mean, you're going to get what you get from the post. I mean, those guys are going to do what they do. It's the guard play, um, uh, specifically Caleb love. And, you know, the thing is, is that when you've got, Inconsistent guard play, you're going to have uh, inconsistency on when it comes to the win, wins and losses. And so, um right now, they they're trying to find that rhythm. Right now, they're in a good rhythm. Um, you know, I'm curious to see how they'll how they'll stand up against, you know, some of those teams that, um you know, that can that are considered better than them. Like, um, I think, I think Duke and Carolina is always fun. Mm-hmm um I think it'll be a good game. Um I think they reserve matchups where w- either team can win. Um so that'll be a good game I think when they play against Florida State who also is on a they've lost their last few, but Florida State is also a team that's capable of making some noise and going deep into the ACC. Uh, Miami, same thing. I mean, you just don't know what you're going to get regarding those programs, but I think they're at least going to put themselves in situations based on how they're playing now, and if they can carry on that momentum, where they're not losing disrespectfully anymore, like the way they lost to Carolina and the way they lost to Wake. Uh, I mean, that's a bad taste. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So, I think they're. I think they're trending in the right direction, but you know, it's. I think I still think it's going to take time.
0: We'll take a spin through the Southern Conference first. The women's side, Wofford, beating East Tennessee State, 73-51. Furman taking down Chattanooga. Mercer taking down Samford. And UNC Greensboro, a big win, 64-29 to over Western Carolina. Uh, a matchup where the team you expected to win won all the games this weekend.
1: Yeah, I mean... I think – I think uh, – did you say Furman?
0: Yeah, Furman beat Chattanooga
1: 63-50. Yeah, so that was the one that I I wanted to know more about. Um, and listen, I, I Furman – we talked about it before, like how Furman is that team. Uh, and Chattanooga is also that team. It, they're, I think they're 1-2 um, as far as who could win the whole Southern Conference, right? But um, I – I was very curious to see who was going to win out of that game because if Chattanooga gets going, they're really tough to beat because of their balance. But if Furman gets going, they have one of the most fluid offenses in the SoCon uh, regarding men's basketball where they just have so many wrinkles, all based on if you decide to say, I'm going to blow up uh, that Princeton cut that they run. I'm going to blow that up. Well, they've got another hiccup that feeds off of that Princeton cut that may lead to a ball screen action that you weren't prepared for and that you didn't scheme for because you've never seen it. And just because you've never seen it doesn't mean they they don't practice it. They practice all their wrinkles, all their hiccups. And if you give them the opportunity to use it, they will. So it makes them very difficult to scout because of how complex their offense can be if you let it. It can also be super simple and it just be the first pass and that option's available, but they have so many if-than scenarios. They're tough to beat. And that's what you saw there. Big
0: day from Tierra Hodges, twenty two point seventeen points, 17 rebounds. Uh, one of the reasons why Furman out-rebounded uh, Chattanooga 41 to 27. And when you're getting that many more possessions – even if you're, if even if you're having a tough day, if you give me 14 more possessions, I'm gonna make, I'm mm-hmm. gonna be good on it.
1: Yeah, and that, that's the thing too is, uh, Furman's win, women's basketball team is one of the top rebounding teams in the country, not let alone the SoCon in the country. They really get after it, especially on the offensive boards, where they try to create multiple opportunities to score the ball, even after they may miss the first one. And uh, it's not one of those situations I've called several of their games. It's not one of those situations where they they're close to the basket. They're just bigger than you and they miss. They get the rebound. They miss. They get the rebound. No, these girls are are wild animals when it comes to the rebounding department. They are all attacking the glass, making sure that they can get more opportunities to run it. And they get 20 extra seconds. So they're also winning the time battle in that possession. So you, And they, they run their offense until something comes up. So you might get another 20 seconds of defense that you got to run. And then if they miss again, they may get that rebound again. And then they'll run that next 20 seconds out. All of a sudden, I mean, you're pretty much, you know, playing defense for a minute and some change. I mean, you don't want that. You know what I mean? And so it's uh, they make it really, really difficult for teams when it comes to the rebounding. And then on the defensive end, They run that pack line defense traditionally. It's really difficult to get the ball into the paint, whether it's an entry pass or a drive. If you do shoot a three and get a three, your window of opportunity to take that three and make that three is short because they close out with their length. And, man, I mean, once you miss it, that's it. So you only get one opportunity to score compared to them getting two to three opportunities to score. It's just a recipe for disaster if you're playing against them. And so they really pride themselves on the rebounding category, and they that's why they win it nine times out of ten. It was
0: a fun matchup to watch, and that the matchup of to separate three versus four in the conference. Mercer in first, six and one. Wofford, five and one just behind up them by half a game. Furman at four and two, then Chattanooga four and three. Sanford five hundred, three and three. UNC Greensboro, two wins, three losses. East Tennessee State at one and five and Western Carolina 0-7. Oh in the conference over on the men's side Uh, a little bit closer matchups Chattanooga taking down Citadel 75 62 VMI knocking off East Tennessee state 83 79 Samford taking down Western Carolina by 10 74 64 Furman beating Mercer a big margin of victory 80 to 50 and Wofford knocking off UNC Greensboro 85 66 were you at that Mercer game? The
1: Furman, no. So that
0: was no.
1: So I only do the women's teams. Um, but the Furman versus Mercer game, um, you know, those are uh, other. That's another big test uh, because Mercer is also in that. I I would say the top three. Um, it's between um, Chattanooga Furman, Mercer, and you. You got to worry about U N C G, um, even though they're not right now. That 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 threatening. You got to worry about them because. Mike Jones is brewing some stuff up there, and a lot of teams. And I got to talk to a couple of the coaches there at the women's game, where they were just like, you know, like UNCG is not to be meddled with. Like they are a defensively minded team. That when it's a team that focuses completely on defense, just like Campbell's women's team on the other side is, that's why they're tough to beat because you can't really score on them. And if they get hot, which they're capable of doing, they'll beat you. And so uh, a lot of teams respect uh, UNCG because of the premium um, put on defense.
0: Taking a look at the men's basketball standings: Chattanooga eight and one, Furman eight and two, and then five teams within about well, one to one and a half wins of each other. Mercer at five and four, Wofford five and five, VMI five and five, Greensboro four and five, and ETSU at four and six, and then Samford and Citadel at three and six, Western Carolina at the bottom two and seven.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a, you know, it, and here's my thing, too. Like, people sleep on the Citadel, um, you know, but they can get hot. BMI, the same thing. I mean, it's there's a reason why they're they're able to get and field solid talent, and it's because of their style of play. Like, heck, um, if you're going to go to a military school where you are, you know, there's there's benefits and perks to it, but there's also a lot of discipline off the court um when you're just in school right that most schools most people at um you know colleges don't have to deal with but when you're at a military school you got to deal with that same type of discipline and mentality off of your court or respective field or wherever you're playing you got to deal with that i mean so it's a it's a challenge and so in order to make it enticing for a lot of kids to go to a school like that that has that kind of demanding um that that Demanding mentality is the style of play. Citadel and VMI both play uh, free, um, free flowing, and when they get going and when they get hot, they're tough to beat. And so I'm just what Citadel just has has been taken out of the rhythm this this season, but they are capable of getting hot. And so I'm looking forward to seeing that breakout game that they have um, when push comes to shove.
0: I'm looking over at uh, the SEC women's basketball. Um, for South Carolina, I know we're all looking forward to the 20th of February and that's going to be against Tennessee. Uh, but I, their next test may be Georgia coming up on the 13th. every team in the sec is good, has the chance to beat you. I mean, it was Missouri that, that won 70 to 69. What do you see any more like trap games coming up for them? Maybe can uh, I was going to say maybe Kentucky and I stopped short
1: for the women's huh? uh, team. Perfect. Yes, so you know we talked uh, we talked about this, um, but they've got a target on their back, right? And so, especially when they go on the road, you are going to get not only the best version of that basketball team you play, but the best version of of the fans, and they are going to be rabid. They are going to know all your information. They're going to make that environment as nerve-wracking as possible, as they should. And so they're, they are playing in championship environments every single time they step out on the floor. And so they've got to be ready mentally, physically, and spiritually, spiritually to get out there on the floor to, to combat against that. If they aren't, if they're off somewhere, if they're lacking somewhere, that team may have an opportunity to win. But when they are on and off fronts, nobody's beating them. And that's just that like the, the personnel and the talent that they have on that team. Nobody has that. Um, there's, but if you allow a team to, to play their style of basketball, their version of basketball, and you're not feeling it on that day, which is they're human. It can happen. But, um, when they're, when their mode is on, when they're at their best and you're at your best, they're going to win. You're um, telling me about and, the fans and so it's, the impact
0: it's, that the fans have, um, And I think back to a story that you told me about being inside Cameron and the, the crowd there and the effect that they had on uh, as, as your UNC Asheville team was playing against Duke. Uh, Walk.
1: It was super. Walk me through that. It was super weird, super weird. Like I loved it Um, because, you know, I'm my mom worked at Duke. So uh, she worked at Duke for 30 years as a financial aid. So I'm a faculty baby. I grew up on that campus. I know Coach Shashevsky. I've known him since I was a baby, and um, you know, it's I I've got roots there. So it was a little different with me because I am that that local kid, and um, you know, so they were definitely all on me, and they know everything about you, all the pertinent information, who your girlfriend is, uh, who you or, or what your grades are. They know. Um, you, you know your injuries and all that stuff and all of that like it's just it's real disrespectful how they come at you, but at the same time I respect the research and time that they put into uh, making you uncomfortable. And so they do a they do a fantastic job. And it's loud in there. It's intimate. It's a smaller gym, but it's super intimate. They make it so it feels like they're on the floor with you. It's like you're playing not against five. You're playing against thousands, and uh, you know you want that kind of environment if you are the home team
0: now you've you've played in Cameron, you've played in the Dean Smith Center, and for one shining moment, um, you quieted the Dean Smith Center crowd uh, just before uh, vomiting. you want can you run me through that story real quick i've I've quieted them
1: several times, but um, my first time, and here's my thing. I grew up a, a UNC fan. I'm from that Durham Raleigh area, right? So, you know, it's it, it's it was a part of us. You know, any normal person from Raleigh Durham Chapel Hill, you know, they were they were Carolina fans at the time, yeah. right? And uh, no, dis- no slight to Duke or NC State, but we just didn't we we just didn't respect y'all back then. No. Like I got tons of respect for them now, but at the time, especially then when Carolina basketball and and and, and Dean Smith and it was popping popping like that was you were weird if you didn't root for Carolina. All right, but I digress. But yeah, man, like playing at playing at Carolina my first time and feeling that environment. Now it it doesn't feel like there's fans on the floor. It's just loud in there. Right. It's just real. It's it's a different type of heat. Um, and the, you know, but I was my adrenaline was so high, like it was up there. I really just, you know, so I got a block. I blocked Tyler Hansborough first, and I cuffed that thing. He was about to try to dunk that joint, and I was just like, Nah, man, you don't get as high as me. I'm I'm about to get that. Let me hold that. All right. So I block a shot. All right, and we get on a fast break. Brian Smithson, I think it was Brian Smithson, throws that thing up. He throws it high, and, you know, I, I catch it, and I dunk it, and, I mean, I boom it, and um, I go back down. I get a steal. Um, I give it to Brian. We get on a fast break. Nothing there. We get the ball down the rainbow. I think Brian drives or something like that, dishes to me, and um, when he dishes, I cut, and on the cut, I dunk it again, and at that point when they saw the alley, um, I think it was Thompson um, at the time, uh, playing their four man he should have came over for the help but he chose not to he made a great business decision and um you know just said nah i'll let him have that and so i get another dunk and then, like i think i may get like a, a mid-range jumper or something and then like i i start feeling weird right our pre-game meal was like like pasta and and chicken it was a great meal and um i felt that meal on its way up and a lot of that was because I was so hyped. I was so excited. I had all my family there. Like I get there, I throw the fist up at Eddie, Coach B, and Coach B's looking at me like, "What's wrong with you? Like, man, you played tons of minutes." I'm just like, "I give him the fist. He gets me out, and I go straight to the trash can and I, I, I throw up all of that pregame meal." And um, they're like, "Are you sick?" I was like, "No, Coach. I'm just hyped. I'm just hyped." And <laughs> I go back. There. <laughs> no, Coach. I'm just hyped. And uh, he's like, all right, you ready? Yeah, let me just get some gum.
0: I went back out there and I hooped. I remember that game. I was at that game. Um, I I remember you booming too. And I remember thinking, man, are we about to lose (laughs) to UNC Asheville? Because you had Kenny George out there who clogged up the middle um, better than any other player I've I've." Ever seen? Oh, yeah, he's just a problem. Like, you have to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And the only way you can dunk on him is if you get a five step lead up, right, John? Yeah, if you travel, sure. Like, heck, I wish I could have, like,
1: I wish I could have run him back that thing to the rim because I know I'm faster than him if I run him back it. But if I got to dribble it, Kenny could move his feet laterally fairly well if I dribble it. He can still, he knows where I'm gonna be at. He knows where my where my peak is gonna be, and he's not gonna let that happen. But yeah, when you when you cheat like that and and you're looking like, you know, and Kenny, I I'm pretty sure Kenny was looking at the refs like, are, are we gonna let this fly? Exactly. And what I'm you just did. like, <laughs> I'm looking at I'm looking at it like, are we gonna let this fly? Um and uh yeah, but you know, it made for good TV. Um, you know, with Tyler Hansborough, you know, they wanted to make that matchup, the marquee matchup. And, um, you know, I was just in my mind, I was like, yeah, that's that's not cool, man. I knew it was going to be all over the place right. um, because it was such a big deal, like to dunk on Kenny because nobody really did that. Uh, aside from like two people that I know that really dunked on Kenny, um, you know, he he didn't do it right. No. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. If You're going to dunk on Kenny. You got to dunk on Kenny.
0: You can't. You and can't that's really difficult to do. dunk on Kenny if. That's how you did it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, man. And so, like I said, I ain't, I got I got
1: nothing. I got nothing against Tyler Hansborough because he was he was a problem down there. I mean, he just had a motor. He just worked. He ain't had no post moves or nothing like that. He just was just active. And um, you know, when when you see when you see him go and and get that dunk, I'm just like, okay. Like, that's fine, but let's just – I was expecting a whistle. And referees blow up big plays all the time. You just saw last night where – um, in the, who was Memphis playing against? Well, Ja Morant got this windmill dunk. Like, it was a alley windmill dunk. And they called it off because there was a charge. Like, you just took away a highlight, even though it's still a great highlight. Sure. You took away a legal highlight that we could have basked in. You know what I mean? Like really basting, but instead you're like, they called a charge on
0: this. Well, that's the headline. Larry Bird's you believe the they called it over, call over the, call the backboard and they waved it off, but they still show that highlight all the time. So I'm sure I'm sure we'll see it plenty. It, they'll just turn the audio down. So yeah, you, don't hear you the whistle.
1: see it. Yeah, yeah, you see it. But there was a whistleblower, and they actually called. And I, I'm it's just super disrespectful, but they called. Uh, a charge on that and my man was moving laterally when he threw the alley-oop up but got a got a got a bit of shoulder right and um in that play that referee kept it 100 and called the call in this play i know uh, against kenny you gotta you gotta be an accountable ref right if you see him if you see steps call steps my boy and and so that's what it was, and I'm i am I'm a, I'm gonna take that with me, man. Like always, like I hear when your people voice say, "Weren't you in that team hey man. Like I listen. That's my guy. Like and like I said, I seen Kenny get dunked on. All right, yeah. but that that wasn't it. Like the right way. Like that's not it though. Like if I gotta gather get like, and this is before the the Giannis zero steps and all that stuff. But he took a zero step. And a one step, and then to two steps.
0: That's a travel, that's my man. Barry, Barry, Barry Sanders uses that move to get through the line. You know. <laughs> yeah, like look, nobody. We
1: were like, like even Kenny looked confused. Like, wait, that's a travel, right? Nah, they were like, nah, the moment's too big. I gotta give, I gotta give, uh, I gotta give Tyler his his flowers here.
0: I got you. I'm gonna ask you one more question before we wrap up the pod. This is just out of sheer curiosity, John. Um, you can go back into any arena you've played in. It's gonna be packed. It's gonna be loud. It's gonna be hype, and you're gonna be playing. Uh, where do you go? Where are you? Where are you playing?
1: I got two places. Can I give you two? Why not? All right. So one is Duke, and I played. I played pretty well at Duke. I hit a couple threes. I got to the basket. Um, and I was, I had all my family there. I love the Cameron crazies. It actually brought some hate out of me, which was kind of weird. I, I I do remember this and I know these guys. So, you know, when I go home in the summer, I go and play with the Duke guys, with the NC state guys, with the, with the Carolina guys and all that stuff. I'll play pickup with those guys. We play in a summer league called the, uh, uh, North Carolina program and the, in the St. Aug league. And we'd play in that. And a lot of those guys would be in it. Um, And so I knew him. I've run across him plenty of times. And, uh, you know, so... But when it came to playing Duke, there was a sense of hate. And I don't like to say hate, but, man, like, it was almost like everybody on our team got bit by zombies, right? Right. Where we turned into something else. And, you know, like... Jason Rittenour, I don't know if you remember him, but Jason Rittenour was like a six-five center for us, and <laughs> Jason was assigned with guarding Zubek, and like I know, I knew Zubek, mm-hmm. and um, Jason was in here like really just getting uberly physical with him and trying to like get on his nerves and just do all the little things that little guys do when they're guarding a big guy. Right. All right. Now. um, Jason was also like he was borderline ready to get kicked out the game, which I've never seen him like that. He was he was on a different type of anger strike here. And it wasn't just him. It was me. It was um, Reed August. It was the whole squad was on that tip where we were like. I either either we're going to either we're going to win it or we're going to fight. I was ready to fight. And everybody was. And I don't know why we were like that. I got, no, I got nothing for you as to tell you why we were like that, but we were. And um, so Jason Jason, like throws like a dirty shot at Zubak, which was wrong, sure. but he did. He threw a dirty shot at him. And then Zubak comes at me, you know, being a team, one of the team captains. And it's like, hey, man, like, what's up with your boy? Get your boy. Because, you know, like I said, we knew each right. other. We chopped it up. Um, We've been out together, all that stuff. And he was like, get your boy. I was just like, man, shut up. And I was like, and I was just like, he was looking at me like John. Right. What is going on? At that time, it was bigger than basketball. It was, it was everybody, and like I said, like I feel like everybody on our team, especially the North Carolina guys, um, were North Carolina fans coming up. So we had a bit of a a bit of disdain for Duke sure. when we played yeah. him. Um And like I said, like I said, like it just took time for me to get that kind of respect um, for them, you know. And it like those pickup games, I have a ton of respect for those guys. They're actually real cool. Um, But you know, when it came to playing them and the environment created, a lot of that was by the the Cameron Crazies. They they had us riled up to a point where we were did not care if if we got ejected from the game. All right, so that was I would love to go back and play that and not like i change anything right. this is fun I, i'm not asking to change anything i just love that you um it, and the other place would be ohio state okay we did not fare well against ohio state um and uh, they were bigger faster and stronger they were better all right but we just i just wish we could have prepared a little differently for them mm-hmm. all right and so i just i I would love to see them again. There was a guy on that team. His name was Dallas Lauderdale, I think, okay. and he was he was a post player for them. And my coach told me, you know, he's a big guy. Go ahead and let him know you're not a punk. Give him a chest shot just to let him know, like you're here. You're strong. You're strong enough to deal with them. Let's get ready. I was like, all right, bet. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna get punked out by him because uh-huh. I've seen him punk people. All right. But he just he just does a lot of run. Rah, rah, it's not like he's going to, you know, do anything. Right. So right. right when we get out there in the game, I, you know, I, I see him. He's looking at me and I'm looking at him. Mm-hmm. And the moment that I get a chance, you know, we get switched off or something like that. And I get a chance and he's trying to post me up. And it's a dead ball. I give him a little forearm to the chest. Mm-hmm. Right. Just to let him know. Like, hey, bro, I'm not the one. All right. And when I gave him that, he kind of backed up and looked at me. And for some reason, he just got a lot taller. He wasn't that tall, but then he kind of bucked up on me and he got a lot taller. I was like, man, he's big. And he gave me a shot right back. All right. Low key knocked the wind out of your boy. Oh, no. All right. To a point. Yes, man. Like, knocked the wind. I said, (sighs) coach said, coach said you weren't the real deal. I was wrong and he was wrong. He is the real deal. That man is strong. I mean different strong. And I and I'm a, I was a strong cat, right. like real strong. Yeah. But he was I've never felt that kind of blow where I felt that my soul left my body like in you know Dr. like thing. like in Dr. Strange. Yeah, you got the soul yeah man. Like I I saw it. I saw myself leave myself and then come back to a point where I kind of like like giggled like like that wasn't nothing but in my in my mind and and in my heart and soul i was bleeding inside my chest um Mm -hmm. so i would have loved to have you know after i get that shot like you know i was out like i was i didn't play well i would love to get that back where i could play well
0: I thought for sure Auburn, when you and the Bulldogs went down and stole the Eagle, or I thought maybe, uh, producer Allen said maybe Liberty, City we didn't could be steal. On the, uh, the SC top 10 again.
1: No, no, no. We didn't steal the Eagle. All we did was we came in with uh Dixie cups mm-hmm. and, um, we made sure that we had those Dixie cups ready mm-hmm. to put to that Eagle's eyes so that we could drink its tears. Ah.
0: But you left the eagle. We left
1: oh, that's it. That's
0: respectful. Um, a- was it? Because well, I could have
1: sworn that JP uh, emptied out some pennies out of his pocket and threw it at him.
0: Uh, Alan said, "Liberty," so you could be on the uh, Sports Center top ten again. Liberty. Yeah, that's what Alan thought you would say.
1: Nah, like it's it's not about me. It's it, it for me. Like it was more about. Like that was a great game for us. Like I was fine with that game. It's the ones that I'd love to get back, where I felt that we might have been somewhat disrespected. I got you.
0: You see what I'm I mean? A thousand percent.
1: With Auburn, that was a great. Auburn, that was a great win. Cam Newton was there too. We had our Ditsy Cups there for Cam Newton's tears as well.
0: Drinking Cam Newton's and Eagles tears. That's uh, a country album that I would absolutely listen to, John. Um, Cam Newton and
1: Eagles Yeah, I'm all
0: for it. Um, you know, (laughs) that'll do it. Because let me tell you right now, like
1: uh, the Auburn game, it was it was very validating because they were. That was the opening of that new facility, right? Mm. I mean, it was it was wild. The lights were down, and all of a sudden you hear that eagle just flying all over the place and hawing and whatever they do and. Um, you know, they got the music playing and they got celebrities there and everybody's there. It's a big deal. And, um, you know, in my mind, I'm like, man, we just did the scout. well, none of this is scaring us. Like, I know y'all paid us hundreds of thousands of dollars for y'all to
0: come in here and beat us. But It's not going to happen. Tuning in <laughs> next time, I'm going to tell John why the greatest basketball player of all time is not Michael Jordan. It's not Kobe Bryant. Okay, I can't wait. I can't it's wait. Alan Iverson. We'll get that. Hey, oh, okay. Hey, listen, we'll just save it. We'll, let's, we'll get let's to just, that. Yeah, let, I, I want to hear what you got to say. <laughs> we'll get to that next time on Stray in the Jet. Thanks for joining us.